FGC Hollywood. Stay, Stay classy. Hey, it's me trying to kill time until this intro music ends. You guys want to hear a joke in the meantime? So a lion walks into a bar and asks the bartender, do you have any jobs? The bartender shakes his head and sadly says, nope, sorry, why don't you try the circus? The lion replies, why would the circus need a bartender? <laughs> Alrighty, here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 43, a special episode, the final episode of the year. The Hollywood Fighting Game Awards show should be a fun one. We're going to recap 2021. We're going to preview a little bit of 2022. But before all that, thank you all for joining me. My name is Max Bleiser. I am the host of this podcast. And Happy New Year to you all. Hopefully you guys are listening to this in the new year. Because, fun fact, I'm not late with the show. Today is Thursday, December 30th. This show should be out December 31st on Friday. And for the first time ever, I'm not late in uploading the podcast. By the way, I don't think I made that clear when we did podcast format changes. FGC Hollywood now records on, technically, it's going to start recording on Wednesdays out Thursdays. Today is obviously the special circumstance because of New Year and everything. But yeah, out on Thursdays, I'm going to start recording on Wednesdays. We used to record back when Pringle and I used to do the show. We used to record on Saturdays out on sometimes Sundays, but mostly Mondays. So just a bit of a change there. Until we figure out what's going on with the show moving forward, uh, since it's, it is right now just going to be a solo podcast with just me on the mic, I am going to do it that way because it makes more news. It makes more sense for the news cycle. But yeah, here we are, FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, and we have a different show. No news, no topic of the week, no listener questions, just fighting game awards. So. Everything that you're used to, if you're a new listener, then I guess you haven't been used to it that long. But for the veterans here, uh, it's a little different. So I'm basically just going to be recapping 2021, giving the Hollywood Awards. And then at the end, we'll talk a little bit about 2022, what I want from fighting games. And uh, next week should be standard show, same format. We'll do the, the five rounds, as they so call it. But before that, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate our patrons for supporting us on patreon.com slash Hollywood, where you can get our bi-weekly supplemental show, FGC Hollywood Plus. Speaking of, episode four is now up on Patreon and YouTube, featuring Broken Wing. We talked all about fighting game betas. That was pretty fun. So if you're interested in fighting game betas, especially we talked about DNF Duel, KOF 15, Guilty Gear Strive, and just betas as a whole, who they're for, what they're meant for and all that jazz that's out on youtube so give that a listen if you are interested as well as episode uh, three which talks about my experience with echo chambers in the fgc as well as uh, how you have difficult time experiencing online fighting games when you're playing on wi-fi so that's all on patreon i appreciate our patreon supporters that uh, support this show and uh keep the lights on but this is a special episode. But before that, don't think I forgot our other two seats on this podcast who are currently not with me, but they are with me in spirits. Before we get to that, we got a special word from both Broken Wing and Pringle the One. They couldn't be here, obviously, mostly because my internet is bunk, but they did send in some of their thank yous and thoughts on the podcast. So before we get to the Fighting Game Award show, let's get to Pringle the One and Broken Wing what they have to say about FGC Hollywood. 
Hey guys, thanks for everything. Thanks for being there. Thank you, Mac, for everything you've done. Thanks for coming back. Thank everybody for coming back and listening to the show. Thanks for calling me a boomer. Thanks for telling me I talk out of my ass. Even if I said I talk out of my ass, I damn well do talk out of my ass. Thanks for listening to us talk about being boomers. Thank you for P4U, the only game that matters. Everything else is straight dookie. Thanks for everything. Here's to a new year, y'all. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Broken Wing, a.k.a. Pringle the Two, a.k.a. the ever-rotating third chair of the FGC Hollywood podcast. I'd just like to say thank you guys for letting me be on the podcast. I love being here and, you know, and letting everyone enjoy my commentary as well as my silly takes with everything. And I hope to make sure that the podcast goes well and to help with anything the podcast needs in the future. Get ready for another wonderful year next year. See you guys. How about that? Shoutouts to Pringle the One. Shoutouts to Broken Wing, a.k.a. Pringle the Two valuable members of fgc hollywood podcast it's it's been quite the year right obviously they're not here but i appreciate all of the work that they put in throughout the years really since the inception of this podcast so it's it's been great and i can't wait to to work with them more obviously now we change the format so you will hear more pringle you will hear more broken on fgc hollywood plus which uh, will be both on patreon as well as on youtube about a week later so uh, give the, give those shows a try. I know it, it's not on the audio podcast just because I don't want to kind of mess the order of FGC Hollywood and FGC Hollywood Plus. So I, I do think that uh, the new format is going to um, bear some some really cool fruit, some tasty fruit. But we're not talking about fruit on this podcast. We're talking about fighting games, the end of the year fighting games. This is the reason why this is so special to me this year is because normally I talk about sort of this stuff and the state of the FGC project that I do every year, or I used to do every year. From 2017 to 2021, I did the state of the FGC kind of recapping games, recapping what happened in fighting games, and I've since retired that project. This is almost like a spiritual successor to the state of the FGC, but I want to give almost like an award show, but it's a different award show. So let's talk a little bit about this. So 2021... It was a year that's closer to a normal fighting game year, but it's not exactly there. Let's say it's not 2017 FGC, but it's also not 2020 FGC. It felt like a middling year in fighting games. Here's why. We remained, majority of the year, we remained inside. We didn't, we didn't have any professional tours with grand stages offline, any of note. We've had many of them online, and the impact, in my opinion, of those aren't as grandiose as the ones that we get or experience offline. A lot of communication done, be it peer-to-peer or, or dev-to-player, has been done online. We can't really see these guys at events. It's difficult to communicate. So everything's been remote. Everything has been online. And 2021 just felt more of the same with a little bit of movement from 2020, but it felt more the same that it is not post-pandemic, but mid-pandemic, but just not crazy pandemic. It, it was still we're still very much in it, but we're experienced. So we've leveled up, but we're, we haven't beat the boss. So it's been an interesting year. It's very it's almost been like slow and fast in some categories, but we'll get to that. So, like I mentioned, this is going to be an award show, but it's not going to be a normal one. Obviously, I am picking the winners, so this award show is very biased because. 
It's not about who you want to win. It's about who I think should win. And if you disagree with that, maybe you should make your own podcast, huh? No, I'm kidding. But I'm going to try to be objective. But also, it is me picking the winners. So don't take this too seriously. Obviously, is this the real Fighting Game Awards show? No, this, these are the Hollywood Awards. So who is in charge of Hollywood? Me. Therefore, you'll get a lot of my interests in this list or in the, all the categories, rather. Now, when I was thinking about nominees, I want to nominate the games and or whatever who's who is up for the categories. I want to nominate the people who actually deserve to be nominated. So that means if you were nominated, you had a legit chance of winning. I don't want to nominate just to nominate. So you'll find that some of these categories have fewer nominations. Some of them have more. It's more about you were good enough to win. That's why you're on this list. You're not there just to fill a spot. So at the end of the day, there can only be one. There's only going to be one, one winner. But in my eyes, everybody that's nominated on all these categories is a winner in its own right. And that's pretty much it. So lastly, like I said, it, this is biased. I am picking the winners. And your winner most likely won't be my winner. And if it is, cool, we can all be happy. If it's not, hopefully we can be cordial about it. If not, you can always send me uh, a very nice tweet to my DM box or whatever, YouTube comment. But that's pretty much it. So without further ado, let's read the Fighting Game Hollywood Awards nominations. This year, we have 10 categories, and they will be read off in this order. The best fighting game related announcement, the best fighting game developer, the best fighting game soundtrack, the best fighting game visuals, best fighting game gameplay. Ooh, that's going to be a tricky one. Y'all not going to like that one. Best fighting game netcode, best fighting game subcommunity, and I'll explain all those. Best Fighting Game Content Creator, Best Fighting Game Resurrection, which is, by the way, submitted submission by Radix and a Discord. Shout out to FGC Hollywood Discord. Join it. We need people. We need new blood. And finally, the Best Fighting Game of the Year in 2021. So 10 categories. Pretty straightforward. The only one that I kind of want to talk a little bit about before we get to it so nobody's confused is the sub-community. This is an award that goes to a community that I felt was really positive with their game with how they treated the the overall scene like their impact on the scene of fighting games as a whole as well as how well they did in their own little circle so we'll we'll get to that once we get to that um once we get to it we'll get to it when we get to it anyway so we have a lot of words to give but let us start shall we for the best fighting game related announcement in 2021 fgc hollywood nominates Skullgirls, second encore season pass announcement, which came on February 23rd, 2021. Melty Blood Type Lumina official game announcement, March 30th, 2021. And Persona 4 Arena Ultimax Remaster announcement, which came via the actual Game Awards on December 9th, 2021. Let's talk. I want to break down every single one of these. So Skullgirls second encore getting a season pass. The reason why this is nominated... It's because this game was out nine years before it ever got any sort of season pass. It got a la carte DLC where you had people vote, fans vote, and you would get just random DLC throughout the years, but never a season pass. And this was big. This was really big for the game because it gave a game a second life. It gave it a future. So I felt when this came, I was like, whoa, Skullgirls launch party never ends really, like as they say. So I thought that that was really cool. And 
I felt that the, it was impactful enough for that community to be able to nominate it as a, a very big announcement in fighting games. So that's why I put Skullgirl's second encore, uh, the season pass announcement, as a part of this category. Secondly, we have Melty Blood Type Lumina, the official game announcement. Now, I do know that a few days earlier, before the March 30th trailer, we got the the magazine. We saw from a Type Moon magazine, we saw some some info about Type Lumina, but it was only in Japan and it wasn't worldwide. So that's why I'm, I'm categorizing the March 30th announcement as the official announcement. And this is huge. If you think about the Melty Blood timeline, meaning Actrix again, it took a long time. I mean, that game came out in 2002, and then it had a bunch of updates up to 2010 or so, and it didn't come out to Steam until 2016. So it's been a long time coming for Melty Blood fans to finally get a new Melty. We've all been waiting for a new Tsukihime, or at least the fans have been waiting for a new Tsukihime so we could get a new Melty. So this was huge. This was a long time. In the, it, was, it was In the making, it was, I think, over 10 years of people talking about this game. So this was... This came out of left field. I really didn't think it was going to happen. It was almost like, oh, maybe we'll get a new Melty. But it was, people would laugh at it almost. But when we finally got it, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's real. So this was huge at the time. I don't think people really remember now because Melty's here and we've experienced it. And, you know, we've gotten a little lethargic with how we treat games nowadays. But when March 30th came and we saw the trailer and we saw how pretty it was, we listened to the music. It was, it was huge. It was a big deal. So that was a huge announcement in my opinion. And of course, last but not least, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax Remaster. That was an announcement that I always thought would come, but I was never prepared for. I was never truly prepared for. Like when that happened, I was watching the Game Awards live. And when I heard the drums, like the of the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax uh, soundtrack of the opening, my heart started palpitating. I was like, oh my God, like I, I couldn't handle it. And I was so excited. I was so happy. I was in bliss. Nirvana Mac was created in that moment. And what what a huge announcement. I, I thought that that was huge for Persona fans. I thought that it also kind of came out of left field, even though we do we did know about the Persona 4 25th, or rather the Persona 25th anniversary. So we knew it might be in the cards, but it's never guaranteed until it's actually there. So getting it and getting it at such a time on such a stage was so nice. So I was I was thrilled. I thought it was a huge announcement. But... There can only be one, right? There can only be one winner. So who would I pick for the fighting game, the best fighting game related announcement in 2021? As many of you would have thought, I would have picked Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. And selfishly, I probably would. But when I think of the greater FGC and the greater impact on the FGC, I am giving the Hollywood Award to Melty Blood Type Lumina, official game announcement. I think... That created more buzz. I think it's more, I don't know if I want to say important because that's subjective, obviously, depending on who you're talking to. But I do think it it means more to fighting games as a whole to get a new game after a long, long time of being away, being a very niche fighting game that's only able to be played in weird ways and sharing IPs and all that to getting a new game with new visuals, a new soundtrack after so long and getting a new lease on life. It's it's so, it's so cool. So I thought Melty Blood Type Lumina deserves that award for best related announcement in 2021. All right, we got one down, nine more to go. The next category 
is Best Fighting Game Developer in 2021 and FGC Hollywood nominates Arc System Works, who has developed Guilty Gear Strive, which is their main project, as well as they have helped on, or their side projects have been Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Dragon Ball Fighters, DNF Duel, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, and Blaze Blue Central Fiction with their rollback netcode implementation. So they've been really busy. 2021 has been a huge year for Arc System Works. It seems like they're the only ones that make fighting games these days. Second nomination goes to Capcom Street Fighter V Season 5, which has been their main project. I know there's another game probably in the works as another main project soon to be. And the third nomination is Enway Power Rangers Battle for the Grid as their main project. Now, I know this is going to be weird for a lot of people who are saying, hey, where's SNK? Where's where's uh, Koei Tecmo? Where's, well, not Koei Tecmo. Uh, where's... Uh, you know, Sega with Virtua Fighter. Listen, I as much as I find some of the other developers in fighting games, main six, right? I thought that they've had an okay year. These three, in my opinion, put in work. Let's explain why. Arc System Works, obviously. Guilty Gear Strive came out. I mean, what, what a great reception to uh, a new iteration of a game. And then you have to think about it. I believe Arc System Works... Their dev team is only composed of about 200 people. I would say, I think it's under 200 last time I checked. So when you think of all these projects that they're doing, whether it's Guilty Gear Strive, which is their new game, they're still working on DLC for Grand Blue Versus. They're still working on DLC and rebalancing for Dragon Ball Fighters. They've are help they're a help are helping hand and uh, DNF Duel, which I know aiding is working on the actual fighting game part. But Arxis is still doing the visuals and, and everything that goes with the graphics and stuff like that. So that takes resources as well as the rollback implementation. I mean, that's not something that is easy to do, even though they're proven at doing it. Putting it in Blaze Blue, the both Blaze Blue games, Cross Tag Battle and Central Fiction, that takes resources. That those take man hours. So the fact that they've been able to balance all of that in one year, very well done. I mean, they've uh they've really knocked it out of the park this year, I find. As far as Capcom, I think Capcom has done a pretty good job with Season 5. I think the rollout has been well-paced. I love the communication. I love the way that they've been working through the final season of Street Fighter V. And I just think they had a solid year. They had a solid year really since the end of 2020. But I just thought that they were they did, they did well. Obviously, we still got the netcode problem. I'm hoping that they can fix that in the future, but I do think that they've done a pretty solid year consistently throughout, and that's why they are nominated. And last but not least, Enway. So Enway has been really quiet. Obviously, not as many people play Battle for the Grid as they play Street Fighter V, as they play Guilty Gear Strive, but Enway has continued on with their Season 4. They put in, you know, people like Rita Repulsa and a lot of fan favorite, Power Ranger fan favorites. And it's been really nice to see the fact that this game will not die, even though I think a lot of people in the community who like poo-poo it wanted to. And you still have the people to play it. It's It looks like a ton of fun. And they've been quiet, but I, I really appreciate the quiet devs that just put their head down, do their work, and give the fans what they want. So that's why I put NOA up there. I think this is a well-deserved nomination. But again, 
There can only be one, right? So who is the winner? FGC Hollywood crowns Arc System Works as the fighting game developer of the year. This is, you know, I do think that Arxis really knocked it out of the park. If you if you look at everything from a comprehensive point of view, they've done a hell of a job. When you see how full their plate was and they managed to attend to every single item on it, very, very well done. I mean, I have to tip the hat to to Arxis. You know, Arxis and I, throughout the years, we've bumped heads, especially since about 2018 to, you know, this year. We bumped, you know, we bumped heads. I didn't always see eye to eye with Arxis, but, you know, real recognize real. They put in a lot of work this year, so good job, Arxis. You guys are the fighting game developer of the year. Well deserved. All right. The next category for the Hollywood Fighting Awards is Best Fighting Game Soundtrack in 2021, and FGC Hollywood nominates Melty Blood, Type Lumina, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to be honest, I didn't think any other fighting game in 2021 had a soundtrack that could really compete with Melty Blood Type Lumina. I know a lot of people are probably going to throw in Strive, if you want to throw in Virtua Fighter, since they, they added all the new soundtracks and all the old soundtracks, you can do that. I don't think any game really holds a candle to to Melty Blood Type Lumina. They've done, I mean, Raito has done an excellent job with this soundtrack. I will say, despite the fact that I love Gathering of Old Blood, I love Moonlit Altar, Rainy Moon, my boy Koma, Rainy Moon. I do think that when you think about Rimsical Bustle and, all, I mean, all the great songs that are an actress again, I do think if you compare the two Melty Bloods, the previous one soundtrack is better than the new one. But that still means that the new one is better, in my opinion, than anything else that came out in 2021. So this was an easy choice for me. Melty Blood Type Lumina wins soundtrack of the year, hands down, no competition. All right, the next category is Best Fighting Game Visuals in 2021. And FGC Hollywood nominates Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, and Them's Fighting Herds. No, 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 I know Them's Fighting Herds came out a long time ago, but let me make a case for it. First, let's start with Strive. Strive obviously is beautiful, not only with when you play it, but the, everything from like the interactions, even though I don't love the big grandiose counter, you can't say it doesn't look good. And the character models look great. The stages look great. The transitions look great. Everything looks like an action movie. And I mean, it's, it's moving art. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to look at. Melty Blood Type Lumina, I think also is really pretty. The stages are really pretty. The character models, in my opinion, for, for how they're shaped. I mean, they're, that's it's probably so hard to do to do pixel art like that, but they look amazing in my opinion. I I think that that game, it's it's different in the fact that it's a weird combination of both Melty Blood and Under Night and Birth, but it looks it looks spectacular. I think for that game it fits so well. So I think you can't really. I mean everything from I think the UI is is really good looking. I think. The character animations, I think the visual effects, the sparks, everything from that game. I mean, it's, it's so beautiful. And last but not least, Them's Fighting Herds. Let me let me try to sell this. Let me pitch this. Them's Fighting Herds, many of you did not get this news. Hey, if you listen to this podcast, you would have gotten it. They got an up res this year. It went from 720p to 1080, 
And that game, at 60 frames per second, that game looks looks amazing. Listen, I know they're still ponies. I know the art style isn't, you know, as as a movie picture looking as Guilty Gear Strive or isn't as nice pixel art style looking as um, Melty Butt Type Lumina. But this game looks amazing now after the up res. I think the UI looks so much sleeker now. Everything looks like it's made for 1080p. So I thought when I updated Them's Fighting Her, I was like, wow, this game looks sick now. It looks sick before, but now it looks even more sick. I love I love the up res. I think it looks great. But let's be honest here. I can only give one award. I wish I could give it to all three of them. But who really deserves it? You got to give it to Guilty Gear Strive. Guilty Gear Strive, in my opinion, is the best looking game on the market right now. It's... It's good enough visually alone, in my opinion, to sell it just based off that. You can have anybody look at that game and be like, wow, that's really pretty. Pretty colors, pretty character art, pretty backgrounds, the transition. You got an eagle flying in every time you guys are playing a battle. Yeah, I mean, everything from a presentation standpoint in that game is really well done. I, I think I can't knock it for anything. Like, maybe the UI. But even the UI, now that it's almost been a year of playing Guilty Gear Strive, I've almost gotten used to the UI. And that's going to happen with every single game that you're going to play for a long time. Now, is it my most preferred UI? No. But am I willing to live with it at this point? Yes. And so it's not enough of a deterrent to me to say, well, visually everything is good, but the UI isn't great. It's not It's not there. Like the UI is good enough to be able to look past or even get used to and say, visually, this is the best game in 2021 and while i think melty blood type lumina is really close it's a different art style and it's it's weird because they're both anime games but if this makes sense and i don't really know how to articulate this any better melty blood looks more anime than guilty gear strive and it mostly just has to do with the art style and the character design so i think for the, the greater audience, the people who are just watching the game as a spectator, I think they're, it's easier to get into Guilty Gear Strive visually than it is with Melty Blood Type Lumina. Congrats to Strive. Okay. The next category for the Hollywood Fighting Awards is Best Fighting Game Gameplay in 2021. Ooh, this is going to be a heated one. And FGC Hollywood nominates Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, and here's a curveball, Hellish Quart. Many of you forgot about this game. It's not technically out. It is still in early access on Steam, but it's a realistic 3D fighting game. It's like a battle action fighting game. It's not like a 3D game like Tekken, but it's you use weapons, you use like swords and rapiers and all, all this stuff. So it's an interesting game, but let's talk about best fighting game gameplay. Guilty Gear Strive. I think Guilty Gear Strive, while not being my cup of tea, is still a like a good game gameplay wise. I don't like certain aspects like wall break. I don't like the fact that many of the characters have one game plan and the fact that they have to push forward in order to get meter and then you use the RC system. But it's good enough of a game to almost look past some of the things that you don't like of just playing fighting game, just playing a regular fighting game style of, hey, let me press buttons. Let me do things. Let me do the cool stuff, right? I want to do the cool shit. And when it comes to that, 
point in fighting games, Guilty Gear Shive is one of the best. Plenty of cool shit to do. Some of it requires you to do not as, I don't know, intricate stuff as previous iterations, but it's still really cool. And while I don't agree with many of the offensive choices in that game, I do still like the gameplay enough to be like, hey, these guys are playing the game. I'll play it with them because it's fun enough for that. And yeah, I just think it's it's weird. It's like getting something. I was like, oh, this wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'll still drink it. Like it's still good enough to be like, hey, I think it's good enough. And by the way, that's just my point of view. If you look at the Guilty Gear fans out there, some of them are new, some of them are veterans. They say, hey, Strive actually appeals to me more than Exert, more than Plus R, more than all these previous iterations that feature Guilty Gear mechanics, Guilty Gear characters. So, yeah, I think I'm probably not the best person to speak about this because I'm not a Guilty Gear veteran. I am more a Tekken veteran and I played Persona. So it's tough for me to really pinpoint how I don't like Strive because... I think I would have to play not only Strive more, but I would have to play more Exert and more Plus R and then give you a whole written project about why I think Strive feels different to me than previous iterations. Because as of right now, it does. Because I have a little bit of experience in those two games. But I still think as a fighting game itself, mechanically, I do like the RC, RC system. I think it's... Really cool, the fact that you can do multiple things and the directions I think are really cool. The, the fact that you can hold a direction with RC and you can go up, you can go diagonal, you can go forward. I like that a lot. I don't like the wall break, but I do like meter compensation for certain aspects in fighting games. Like if you do a certain things and you get rewarded, the wall is just one of those type of mechanics. So and has a lot of interesting things in it. So Guilty Gear Strive obviously should be nominated. Melty Blood type Lumina. Now, this is a game that speaks to me wholeheartedly. Like, this is my type of game. And I got to say, like, as much as I don't like Shield in that game, and I think, well, it's not game-breaking, it takes you away from how to actually play the game the way I think the old Melty was played, where it's just like, hey, make a decision, and there is no Shield to bail you out, and now we're getting into this weird rock-paper-scissors situation where hopefully I pick the right thing, but... I love the gameplay. I don't like the auto combo. The auto combo, in my opinion, is too restrictive in the fact that it almost forces you to do it. And you can't really cancel it. It's it's really hard. You, you almost have to be conscious about not doing the auto combo, which I don't think is a good way of implementing an auto combo. So I will say as much as I don't like those two things and Melty Blood Type Lumina, everything else I love. I love the movesets of the characters. I love... I mean, just the way that there's, it's weird. There's still actress again characters and they still play the same, but it's a different take on it. I, I, I just love the way the game plays. It's uh, you can play it at different paces. It's, it can be fast. If you want to slow down the game, you can. And it's just, it's such a fun game in my opinion. I think I, I love the gameplay. I love you know, even Moon Drive, I enjoy. Uh, I I like the fact that it still retains some old things from Melty Blood. You know, I I probably wouldn't I wouldn't go with a choice of hey, let me give you an extra meter if you're down around. But I don't hate it either because it's basically a, just a 
comeback mechanic. And if that means that we are getting more competitive matches and trying to get three rounds out of every single match, I'm okay with that because all you do is get to play more. And if you're truly better than your opponent, then it won't matter. You'll win in two. But I don't know. I, I just, every time I play that game, I'm like, man, I love this game. I wish my internet was better so I could play it more. But I've never had a bad experience going online, even with, you know, the GGPO not being perfect. I've never had a bad experience just being like, man, you know, type Lumina is good, but I've thought that, but I've, it's not enough of a deterrent to being like, listen, while I don't like the auto combo, while I don't like the shield, I love everything else so much that like, I'm willing to just forget those and be like, I'll still play the game. It doesn't matter. So Melly Bot type Lumina, in my opinion, is, is so, it's so fun. It's so great. I love everything about it, except those, those two things, obviously. Hellish Court. Hellish Court is interesting. I tried the demo when it first went free, and it's a pretty fun game. It's very violent. You cut people's heads off, and it does something in fighting games that I think you don't see a lot. It's like realistic in the way that it interacts with the actual character. So if you stab somebody in the stomach you know, they'll take some damage. If you stab them in the head, they'll die. And so I think from a just a physics perspective of like how you do physics and gaming, especially fighting games, it's you got to give it just a nomination just based on creativity and innovation because I don't think we've seen that too often from fighting games. It's a pretty cool game. I think once it comes out, hopefully it garners a little bit more interest I don't know if it's going to come out on PlayStation, but right now it's only on PC and as early access game. But it's a it's a pretty neat game. So I just like from an innovation standpoint the fact that it took realism into fighting games and then added weapons with a 3D landscape, you know, letting you move, letting you letting you fight, letting you fight. So I think uh, I think it was cool the way they they did that. So I would like to see more of that game in the future. But this should be by no surprise. The winner for best fighting game gameplay in 2021 is of course Guilty Gear. No, I'm kidding. Melty Blood type Lumina. It's Lumina all day. For me personally, it's Lumina. I I love the way that game plays. I it's just it's a true air dasher. It's crazy. And even with the shield, even with the auto combo, it's what I want from like a true anime game. I want chaos. This game's it it gives me the option for chaos, but it also gives me the option for contained chaos. I love having options in fighting games. I love being able to play multiple paces depending on what character I play, depending on what game plan I want to implement. So I, I feel I find that Melty Blood Type Lumina allows me to do that more so than Guilty Gear Strive. And so that's why I picked it for best fighting game gameplay in 2021. The next category is best fighting game netcode in 2021. Ooh, this is tough. FGC Hollywood nominates Guilty Gear Strive, Rivals of Aether, Shoutouts to Pringle, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Now, let's break every single one of these down. Guilty Gear Strive has proprietary netcode. By the way, I looked up what that netcode is called. No name for the netcode. Shoutouts to Zynac for not uh, responding to me on Twitter. Rivals of Aether. I don't know what kind of netcode it has either. I don't believe it's GGPO, but from what Pringle has told me, it works pretty damn well. Melty Blood Type Lumina does have GGPO, and 
while it is GGPO and it's normally pretty good, it wasn't implemented very well in Type Lumina at launch. Now it's better post patch, but it's still not perfected. So it's almost there. I would say it's like 88% there, but there's still a couple of bugs that they got to fix. And then Blaze Blue Central Fiction is still in beta mode technically for its rollback netcode. And I believe they're using the same Strive netcode that they're, uh, they're working with over there at Arxis. So those four games, I think, first of all, they're all playable. They're playable just fine. I know a lot of people talk about Multiplot Type Lumina being, oh, I can't play this. Listen, I'm on the worst internet ever known to man in existence of the world and in the whole universe. I have the worst internet and I can play that game on Wi-Fi. So get out of here with you saying you can't play the game. Rivals of Aether, Pringle has only said good things about it ever since it got rollback. Blaze of Central Fiction, I haven't heard a single thing said bad about the netcode. I would hope that that would be the case because Arxis knows how to put rollback at this point. And then Guilty Gear Strive, the, the work that they've done with Guilty Gear Strive, amazing. I mean, I've had one issue in the first open beta with Guilty Gear Strive, and that was the only one I tried to play on Wi-Fi because I was too lazy to get my Ethernet cord from upstairs to downstairs. So that was that was an issue. But once I wired up, it was absolutely fine. Now I can play the game. It's not great on Wi-Fi, obviously, but that's more on me than it is on the game. And it's it's one of the best netcodes I've ever played. I think it's only second to Skullgirls. And with that being said, obviously, the award goes to Guilty Gear Strive. Guilty Gear Strive has the best netcode in 2021. Out of the games that have come out or have been implemented rollback in that year, I still think Skullgirls is the best netcode probably in the FGC. But that's mostly because prior to Mike Z leaving, whatever he did with that netcode, he perfected GGPO. It's like Super Saiyan 6 GGPO. So... That is not a commentary on Strive being bad. That's just on Skullgirls being godlike, like amazing. But Guilty Gear Strive, it's it's crazy who you can play with, what distance, at what rollback frames. They've done such a great job, especially for proprietary rollback. Doing it from the ground up, we've seen it done wrong with Fighting EX Layer. We've seen it done wrong with Kage Musha and Street Fighter V. So the work that they've done, shout out to Zynak, because since he worked on Killer Instinct, he knows what good rollback is supposed to look like. Amazing. Strive did a hell of a job, both in the betas, both at launch. You know, it's very well deserved. So I think Guilty Gear Strive, best netcode in the FGC in 2021. The next category is best fighting game subcommunity in 2021. And FGC Hollywood nominates. Here's a game that you don't hear very often. Tekken 7. Guilty Gear Strive, Them's Fighting Hers, and Virtua Fighter V Ultimate Showdown. Before we get to the nominations, let's break down the category. So, by best fighting game subcommunity, this is, in my opinion, the community that has looked the best in 2021. Obviously, online, because it's the only gauge we have at the moment. A little bit of offline, because we've started to going into offline events towards the end of the year. But majority of the year was online. And what I mean by best, I mean by how did they treat their game and how did they impact the overall community, both their their own little circle and how did the, the large, the greater FGC, how did they view them? Or how did I view them, rather? Tekken 7 
is such an interesting game really within the past couple years because it hasn't solved the netcode issue. They haven't been great at communicating Bandai Namco. We have no real trail or hint at a future project, but people will not stop playing this game. If anything, they play this game more now. They play it more online than any other fighting game that's out right now. The game is one of the oldest in the FGC and it has the most momentum somehow. And it's been really quiet on Twitter too. I, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of the usual tech and drama that I've seen on FGC Twitter. I don't know if that's because of the fact that other games that have come out have almost drowned it and people are just playing Tekken without talking about anything because there isn't much to talk about. But just the support that the game gets online, the fact that you still get plenty of content for it, and the unnoticeable drama. I'm not going to say no drama, but unnoticeable drama. Nothing big that I've really seen this year. You got to give it up to the Tekken 7 community because they've just kind of put their head down. They're like, I'm just going to play this game. I don't care what you all have to say about rollback. I don't care what you all have to say about communication. I'm just having fun. I'm going to do stuff in this game until the next game comes out and y'all play your ponies. Y'all play your anime. I'm going to play some Brian Fury. So good for Tekken. Guilty Gear Strive, obviously. That community, I will say, has a little bit of drama in the fact that, like, I don't understand why. What's going on with the tier list of that game? Like, people love making tier lists for Guilty Gear Strive. And that's not drama, but that's more like the inception for drama because you have people saying, hey, this is better, this is busted, this is whatever. So a little bit of just childish nature on Twitter, on FGC Twitter, but that's bound to happen with a new game. So... You'll get that. Also, you had the the Boomer and Zoomer war for, for Strive. So that was a thing. But when you look at player numbers, man, a lot of times in fighting games, you'll see a big boom at first release, and then it'll slowly trickle down until it finds like a nice little pocket where it's like, okay, this is who is playing our game. Strive started with, what was it, 38,000 people, 31,000, something like that. And... Now it's a really comfortable 3,000. And that's a really good amount of people on PlayStation. and Or not on PlayStation, on PC, rather. It's tough to get your PlayStation numbers. But on PC, 3,000 people playing your game on a daily basis. That's that's great. I mean, for a fighting game, I know that doesn't sound a lot if you're playing whatever, Counter-Strike, or even like another platform fighter like uh, Brawlhalla, where like you have a bunch of people playing that game. But... For Strive, an anime game with not the most resonant IP for the greater gaming audience and for it to come out as the last iteration in this grand storyline to do so well and to to capture so many people and stay consistent with those people, you got to give them credit, man. I mean... The Guilty Gear Strive community is supporting this game. They have not left it. They don't care that, you know, hey, there's Melty out. Hey, Persona's coming out. I believe this game is going to live a long time after a lot of these games are going to come out. And, I mean, hey, good for that community because it seems like they found the game they can really get behind and support. And it's just nice to see. It's nice to see fighting game players enjoy their game and just play it. That's the best part. Just play the game that you love. And Strive fans are doing that. Them's Fighting Her is one of my favorite games in recent years. This game doesn't have a lot of players. But the players that it it does have 
keep playing the game. They don't care. It's it's it is nice. I go on the game every now and again and I try to play and obviously with my Wi-Fi situation, it's a little rough. But I do see the same similar names. There's about a pocket of like 30 people that I see playing the game during the North American hours. Obviously, Europe hours and I don't think many of the Asian community plays this game, but it's fairly popular in Europe and it's fairly popular in the US in very, very, very small pockets. And whoever is playing this game now is pretty damn good. Like you can't go on this game and find a new player. It's gonna be very rare, but everybody's really friendly. Every time I've gone on, they're really friendly. They'll try to teach you some things with matchups. And even though they'll beat your ass, which my ass has been beat by the entire cast at this point, the communication with the little chat bubbles and just the open chat, I think has been really nice. I think TFH, the community in game is really supportive, really, really good to be around. You got some, you got a couple weirdos here and there. I'm not going to lie. You got, you got the people who are, you know, all right. Um, but for the most part, I, I like that community a lot. I think, I think they're, they're good folk. So them's fighting her. Shout out to them for keeping, keeping the pony dream alive. And last but not least, speaking of boomers, man, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, uh, there's been a lot with that game, right? It came out, I was like, first of all, it was Virtual Fighter Cross Esports, and then it comes out as this weird remaster on PlayStation Plus only, and it's got racist absorb netcode, whatever that is, and Sega was weird with the way they rolled it out. So it was weird, and there were a lot of skeptics out there, myself included, but you know what? The people who love Virtual Fighter have been supporting this game. I've seen some smaller streamers on YouTube, on Twitch, keeping this boomer torch alive. And good for them, you know, you see people like Arturo, like uh, in at NLBC trying to run events for this game, and it's great. I mean, it, we need competition, desperately in my opinion, in the 3D landscape. And even though this is not Virtua Fighter 6, it's not a new iteration, and it doesn't have the netcode we wanted, it's still nice to have in the hands of people that really love the franchise. And you've seen it, and it's not doing the best from a numerical standpoint, but it's it's doing enough for those, you know, the people who either have just found about found out about it and have enjoyed it, have kept playing it, or the old school folk who really wanted and up-resed new uh, console generation version of of uh, of this title. So Good for them. So that's why I nominated on this list. But the award for the best sub community in 2021 goes to Tekken 7. Tekken, I'll be honest, it really surprised me. I just thought everything that I mentioned earlier of them kind of putting their head down, they keep playing the game. It's at like 45, almost 5,000 players at one time on Steam. And very little Tekken drama, mostly because obviously there's no real Tekken World Tour to talk, you know, talk shit about and to say hey i my favorite player is better than your favorite player why is paul so cheap blah 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 because of the fact that there hasn't been any of that and people have just been playing tekken online which is crazy because the net code is, is really bad but they just keep playing it nobody's saying anything and i just like the fact that they are like hey whatever i'm gonna play this game until the next one comes out and until then i'll be quiet and they've been, I don't know if it's intentional, but they've been fairly respectful online. So 
good on Tekken 7. The one thing I could say about Tekken 7, as much as I love the game, is that similar to Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, I never really jived with the community. But this year, be it intentional or not, I thought that they did a really good job of representing themselves online. So Tekken 7 is my best fighting game sub-community in 2021. Okay, we got three more categories to go, ladies and gentlemen. And the next one is best fighting game content creator in 2021. And FGC Hollywood nominates Majin Obama, who's very entertaining with his streams. He's got fun commentary on his YouTube videos. Theory Fighter, who has very educational video essays about fighting games. Very informative writer. And last but not least, Wooly Versus, who has a podcast. He streams on Twitch, and he's more of a variety gamer. But we'll get to that once I start talking about Wooly. Let's try to point out the elephant in the room. Obviously, there's way there are way more content creators in the FGC than just those three. But the Hollywood Awards are who I believe is most interesting in fighting games. So while there's plenty of other streamers, plenty of other YouTubers, I think these three guys, and if I could give them all a Hollywood award, I would. I think they all are deserving because they've made me think, they've made me laugh, and they've made me really enjoy my time. And these three guys have have really made my fighting game consumption in the FGC much more enjoyable than in previous years. Let's break down every single one. Majin Obama, I, Obama is sick. He, he's he's such a funny guy to me. Um, everything he says is very natural. His just his commentary on things and the way he interacts with his chat on his Twitch stream, the way his YouTube videos are constructed, they are meant as both informative and as a form of entertainment. And I really appreciate that. It's a very hard balance to achieve. But Obama does it almost every single video. So I, I just think he's a very entertaining person. And you can plug him in anywhere. You can plug him in on a commentary booth. You can plug him in on a Twitch stream, on a scripted YouTube video. He's multifaceted. And I think he's he's very enjoyable to watch. I, I always click on an Obama video. They don't show up very often. And I don't always catch his Twitch streams. But when he uploads something, I will I will watch and I'll usually laugh and you know I'll hit that like button because I, I appreciate the content he puts out. Theory Fighter is, in my opinion, now has become like one of the premier video essay guys in EFGC. We've lost many of them, and I don't blame them because video essays are hard to do. A lot of time they go unappreciated in the fact that not a lot of people watch them, and more people will just watch memes or like short clips and so for the amount of work that you're doing for a video essay to the reward that you're getting and people being interested in it is so volatile. Like it's so difficult to, to capture an audience with just video essays. Theory Fighter has done that. I mean, this year has been such a great year for him. He's done so many, I, there's too many to count that he's done, but like he's done so many cool video essays of things I never even knew about, like older games and very interesting topics. It's it's hard. I have to tell you, like it's so hard to come out with interesting topic after interesting topic in a video essay format. The editing is great. Uh, the presentation, everything. So I have to recommend you if you like educational, informative essays about fighting games. 
get 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 that get that brain thinking a little bit, right? Watch Theory Fighter. I think his content is very valuable in the FGC, and we shouldn't take it for granted because who knows how long he's going to do it. They're very hard to do. I've done video essays before. You have other people who have done video essays. They're hard to maintain for a long period of time. So as long as we have Theory Fighter, enjoy him because very valuable asset for the community. Wooly versus... So Wooly, like I said, is more of a variety gamer. But in my opinion, Wooly is one of the more most knowledgeable people I've ever listened to about fighting games. The way he speaks about fighting games, first of all, he's so articulate. And he has something that I wish myself and so many others in the FGC had. He's able to articulate his thoughts in a digestible way about fighting games that it just clicks for me. When Wooly talks about fighting games, about what he wants, what he doesn't like, what he would like to see in the future, what his his gripes are about specific aspects and why they are be it game breaking or a detriment or whatever. He's so good at doing that. He's so good at just putting his point across and making you understand instead of being like, I don't like it, man. It just doesn't, it's not like how I always say, like, it's just not my cup of tea. Like, I don't know how to say it. He is so good at doing that. He is, I wish I had that skill. And whenever he talks about fighting games, could be Dragon Ball Fighters, could be Strive, could be whatever, I listen. Because I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And the way he puts things out there is is so well done. It's so well done. And I almost think it's, I don't know if it's a natural skill that he has, but it's uh, his delivery is, it's one of the best in fighting games. So I know the fact that he doesn't always focus on on fighting games maybe perhaps takes him out a little bit of like just being FGC all the time but man for somebody that doesn't focus on fighting games all the time he's one of the best at explaining what they're all about and for both newcomers in my opinion as well as veterans so uh, I like Wooly a lot he's, he's a real one shout out to Wooly there can only be one man this is the one category where I wish I could give it to all three of these guys they're so well deserving but I'm giving this one to Majin Obama. Obama's my boy. Shout outs to him. He was on the Max Boxer podcast, by the way, years ago, back when Dragon Ball Fighters first came out. And Obama is just really fun to have around in the FGC. You know, he's a he's resident boomer, but he's not a, he's not a real boomer. Like I know some of his takes come off a little different, and you know they they rub people some the, the wrong way sometimes, but. He's just an entertaining person, and uh, I think he's he's great. He's a great asset in the FGC. He makes he makes me laugh. He makes a lot of people laugh, and he goes against the grain of what you see in FGC content these days. I, I have to I have to commend him on that. But uh, shout out to Majin Obama. He's a, he's had a great year. Uh, hopefully, he has a better year next year, and uh, so on and so forth. But man, if there was a category I could give. A Hollywood trophy to every single one. I, this would be this, this would be the one for sure. All right, final two. The next category is best fighting game resurrection in 2021. And FCC Hollywood nominates Melty Blood, Actress Again, Current Code, The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match, Skullgirl Second Encore, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, and Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. Now, I said Melty Blood. Many of you have been like, hey, wait a second. You said Current Code, not Type Lumina. I know. I did say Current Code. Let me explain. So, Current Code, for the longest time, was only able to be played on Steam with one of the worst netcodes ever. Delayed netcode that never worked. You couldn't even communicate with players. That's how bad it was. 
and or you had to go the opposite route of just giving people your IP and be like, hey, type this in and please don't do anything with my IP address. Hopefully I trust you. Now you have the community founded concerto lobbies, which in my opinion has given the game another new lease on life. It was still doing fine with the CC caster, but while you still need CC caster for the concerto lobbies, I think it's much more streamlined now. It's easier to get games in going and I think it it's still being improved upon. I love the fact that they're putting updates so so fast and they're really trying to perfect this product. Concerto lobbies, in my opinion, are so much better of a way to play old Melty than the regular CC caster. So I think that uh, as while it's not a resurrection, it's it's close. It's it's a new way to play the game that everybody loves uh, or the the Melty Blood players love. So more options. I think it's it's done very well for that game. The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match. Code Mystics obviously put uh, rollback netcode in that. I don't believe it's out just yet, but from what I heard, the rollback from the two betas that it had, it, uh, it got better. So shoutouts to Code Mystics. They've done rollback for Gar Mark of the Wolf, 2002, uh, Samurai Shonan. I mean, so, so many. Not the new one, but uh, five special. And a bunch of other games. So They've done, they've done a good job. Skullgirl second encore. So this is not so much had to do with rollback, but this has to do with the fact that it got a new lease on life after a terrible 2020 with everything that happened with Lab Zero. You know, Mike Z basically being pushed out and then everybody leaving Lab Zero and then they founded Future Club and Hidden Variable and Autumn Games almost came in a collaboration of like, hey, let's try to get this game going again. And... I don't know about you guys, if you don't remember, but in early or like, I guess, mid 2020 or like August, September, we didn't know what was going on with Skullgirls. We thought this game was dead. We thought this is going to be the last ever thing we were going to see from Skullgirls is this giant, terrible arc of, you know, the whole Mike Z saga. And we thought Future Club was just going to make a new game. And this is the death of Skullgirls, such a sad death. But it, it turned the back around, you know, Future Club. They came out with a season pass, and the netcode is still great. And although it had some bumps in the road with things like balance, and although the netcode did suffer a little bit until they fixed it again, but you got to give them credit. I mean, a new lease on life, they've been doing so well. I think the player numbers have have rose a little bit, and now they're they're found another solid pocket of being about, I think, 300 or so. So, yeah, that's great for for Skullgirls, you, you gotta give them credit. I mean, I really thought this game was dead and realistically, after nine years, you've been like, yeah, I mean, they've had a good run. They're still going, they're going strong. Blaze Blue Central Fiction, same thing with uh, 98 Ultimate Match. Not not completely out yet, as far as rollback beta is concerned. Almost, soon TM as the kids say. But uh, like I said earlier in one of the previous nominations, this game has had no issues. Maybe not no no issues, but very little issues, or very few issues with the rollback. So shout outs to Arxis. and then finally again, uh, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown, the remaster for one gave this game a new lease on life because it was stuck on old consoles. So that's the worst when you're on a new console generation and your old game is a console generation or two behind. This one was on 360 and PS3 for Christ's sake. And secondly was the Absorb netcode. I know it didn't work for everybody. It wasn't the what we wanted, but it worked for some. If you had a server near you, 
that's great. That means you could play and it was probably fine. But if you didn't, then, oh, that sucks. But it's better than nothing. I know we want more, but at this point, especially when an IP like this, beggars can't be choosers. So that's why I nominated for Best Fighting Game Resurrection. Who's the winner? As much as I want to give it to one of my more favorite IPs in Melty Blood, you got to give it to Skullgirls, man. Skullgirls Second Encore. I really thought this game was done in August, September of 2020. I thought it was over. It was over for this game. But uh, shout-outs to Future Club. Shout-outs to Autumn Games. Shout-outs to Hidden Variable. They've done a good job of stabilizing this game. New lease on life. you got the Skullgirls circuit. It's... It's still going. This game is the longest running fighting game in the FGC, and it's still going strong more than games, more so than games that have come out way after it. So it's a, it's an anomaly, but it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing to happen to Skullgirls. So shout out to Skullgirls Second Encore. They are the winner of the best fighting game resurrection in 2021. And here we are, folks. The final category is, but of course, the fighting game of the year in 2021 only two nominations this year i'm sorry fgc hollywood nominates guilty gear strive and melty blood type lumina i've spoken a lot about these games with their gameplay with the visuals the soundtrack so i don't need to reiterate i will say this and i believe i said this before too as much as i love melty blood type lumina as much as it speaks to me way more so than guilty gear strive with everything that we've talked about Guilty Gear Strive this year is the rightful fighting game game of the year, by far. It's it's the best game to encompass both veterans, newcomers, and complete newbies to the genre even. It's, it's done such a good job with the fact, it's maintenance for sure, the fact that they've communicated so well with the fact that, you know, while the DLC rollout hasn't been extremely timely, it's been fairly consistent, so you have to give them give them props for that. And comprehensively, this package is what you want from a game of the year. Netcode, gameplay, visual, soundtrack, communication from the dev. And while there is no Pro Tour, that's not exactly their fault. That is mostly the world's fault and the pandemic. So not not really a big a big deal there. I think I will play more in the lifespan of these both both of these games. I will play way more Type Lumina in the future than I will play Guilty Gear Strive. But the one time the actual video game awards gets it right, Strive is your game of the year. It's I wouldn't vote any other way. I do think it's well deserved. Maybe in another year that Strive didn't come out, Melty Blood Type Lumina would have been your winner. But uh, Strive for sure is fighting game of the year. I don't think many people could argue that based on what we've gotten this year. So congrats to Strive, congrats to Arxis, congrats to fighting games, ladies and gentlemen. That was fun. Those are your Hollywood fighting game awards. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And that is uh, pretty much it. So congratulations to all the winners. Truly an interesting year in fighting games. It's unlike any of the others. Like I mentioned, it wasn't exactly your regular tournament circuit year but it wasn't exactly the pandemic year but it was like a weird middling year so we got some interesting things this year for sure now of course i wouldn't end the show on that note would i to close out the show i did want to touch on a little bit about looking forward looking ahead mostly from my perspective 2022 so i i would like 
to talk about fighting games in terms of different aspects. Let's talk about in terms of games. So games, I will say I'm pretty much set on games. I, I have a really nice pocket of what I like. And once I move in March, you know what game I'm playing. You know, Narukami, shout outs to him, the god. But here's what I would like to see in terms of games in 2022. Killer Instinct. I would love a new Killer Instinct. I know it's been in the works. Microsoft has been talking about it. Phil Spencer, you know, mentioned that on the podcast that he would like to find a suitable developer. So whether we get a Killer Instinct from Iron Galaxy or otherwise, I would love a new title. I think it would do so well to, you know, throw it into the 2D space, put some more parody in there and let's see what it can do without, you know, we only get like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat as far as the big IPs. Killer Instinct could do some damage there as far as like, hey, this is also one of the games that should be in the mix. If it comes multi-platform, I would I would love it. I, I think I think if this came in day and day of for rather PC, Xbox One, or Xbox Series, whatever it's called, and then PlayStation 5, all of them, Nintendo Switch, every single platform, I think it would do so well cross-platform across the board that'd be awesome but even if not just put it out there would roll back get more hands on this product because it's so good and you could really do more of the same more of the same with killer instinct that would still be amazing so i would prefer it to be iron galaxy but if killer instinct came out with a new studio hopefully microsoft picks the right one persona 4 arena ultimax in 2022 obviously I would love if this game got rollback sooner rather than later. We know it's coming out with delay. We know that Atlas has heard the cries for rollback. It might happen. It might not. If it does happen, I hope it happens sooner. I would love to play more people in this game from in further distances and uh, just kind of get the Persona word out there. So that's one thing I would love. Tekken 8. I would love Tekken 8. Improve Netcode. I would rather Tekken 8 over Tag 3. I would take both, but Tekken 8 would be my preferred choice. Please try to fix the netcode. Try to, you know, get away from the delay. See if you can get away from your hybrid rollback. Just really spend time. Put as many resources as you need. If you need to delay the game to get the netcode right, please do so. And I would like a return from a balance perspective I would, or from, a, I guess, a fighting game gameplay perspective more of a return to season one than season three season four is pretty good it's right in the middle of it's almost season one and season three had a child it's balanced but also has has some issues so if we got season four i'd be okay with that for tekken eight if we got season one i would that would be bliss as long as we don't get season three again for the next tekken project street fighter six uh street fighter six improved the netcode you can still call it Kagemusha. You can call it Kagemisha. I don't care what it's called, but make it work like GGPO, make it work like Strive, make it work like Skullgirls or whoever. Battle for the Grid even. Just not like how it works now. Improve the netcode. Continue to communicate. I think they've been doing a really good job of giving you a behind-the-scenes look. The fact that they're putting their whole game plan out there for you. I love to know what is happening at what date or what time frame release window that'd be all that'd be great I, I just want more communication for capcom and last thing don't be afraid of guest characters i know that they've done things like guest characters from their own capcom franchises but look at other games that have put out guest characters 
Tekken. And I mean, th there's so many other examples of going, a going from away from what you're comfortable with. You know, Power Rangers could have done a bunch of characters from Power Rangers only, but you got Ryu and Chun-Li in there. So I think it's cool for the fans to get a different look as long as they're, they're you fit them right. So Soul Calibur has, if Soul Calibur can have 2B and Tekken can have Negan and Power Rangers can have Ryu, I don't see why Street Fighter can't have a non-Capcom represented character in their game. Let's get Terry in there, huh? Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive, I would love to see a resurgence for this franchise. You know, Shimbori has exited as game producer. Perhaps they can start anew. I don't know. And I would like to see more of Dead or Alive 6 from a gameplay perspective, but market it differently, right? Market it as a fighting game as opposed to what it's marketed as, which is unfortunate. I would love for them to compete in the 3D landscape because I think they have what it takes. I truly do from a gameplay perspective. But they, can, they can't get away from their own mistakes. And they just get in their own way. And we need parity in that landscape. It's, it's really bad. That space is so dominated right now by specifically Bandai Namco, but even more so specifically by Tekken. Because Bandai Namco owns both the Tekken and the Soul Calibur licenses. Virtua Fighter is kind of trying to make a comeback, but not really. And if they are, they haven't done a very good job of it so far. DOA, I think, has what it takes if they just spin it off differently, just market it differently. Listen, I know Itagaki's out there. He, he might come back, but I don't know. I, I do think that that game has something. You just have to capture it, and we need parody in that market. So I would love uh, I would love DOA to, to come back with a resurgence. An anime license of a property, of a popular property, rather, that gets the Guilty Gear Strive treatment. I, I would love that. So all of the anime licenses that we see the Bandai Namco mostly owns and they make games for, you know, be it One Piece, be it One Punch Man, be it whoever. I think if we got a legit fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighters-esque, perhaps not tag, but like Dragon Ball Fighters-esque, I would love I would love to see that for one of the popular licenses. I, like I said, One Piece would be great. Maybe not Naruto so much because I think Naruto's a little played out. But One Punch Man for sure has great archetypes. Bleach is coming back. Why not try to do Bleach? They have some cool archetypes. And even if it's just games, like if you want to do more niche stuff, why not like Danganronpa or something like that, right? Like Danganronpa would be cool. They they have a lot of creative uh, aspects and those characters that you can mess around with. So I would love to see a legit popular license in the the general gaming space or just the pop culture space get a legit fighting game treatment like dragon ball fighters got and you know as much as i think the anime arena fighters are fine i think when it comes to the full potential of those licenses i think they could do so much better from a legit fighting game in terms of content I, I personally want to expand FGC Hollywood with FGC Hollywood Plus. I want to reach out to interesting people. I've already mentioned some of them. Theory Fighter, Wooly, Obama, a bunch of others. I want to get Pringle more in there. I want to get Broken more in there and, and talk about the community, about the things that they're passionate about because I found that it's the best to talk about 
with somebody else about stuff that they really love because they'll talk about it from a genuine perspective as opposed to just talking about regular stuff. So I think I'm okay handling the daily grind or rather the weekly grind of fighting games, be it news, be it random topics. But when it comes to interviewing people, I want to open the door for them to talk about stuff that they love. And I want to get to know people better in the community and just uh, give them a platform to talk. I would love to do that throughout the year, next year, once I get better internet, of course. Uh, I w would like to also resurrect some fighting game writing projects. I've spoken about how written essays are really difficult to do. Obviously, I was working a bit on the 7th console generation project, the FGC Legends project that I did with Yume from Persona 4 Arena, um, the Why I Love series, which I talk about specific characters, which is one of my favorite things in fighting games, the actual characters of them. So there's a bunch of things that I want to do. Hopefully, I can dedicate some time to them. I'd also like to stream a bit more once I get better internet. Uh, perhaps not a full-time pro streamer, but I would like to sprinkle a little bit in there, you know, have some fun streams, be it our Hollywood tournaments, be it me just playing Persona, you know, just talking about, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what I have planned for that uh, once I kind of put a game plan together, but I do, I would like to have some more live streaming out there. In terms of community, which is arguably the biggest thing I want to approve from last year to this upcoming year, I already said I want to grow FGC Hollywood, but I want to grow our Discord so we can have more tournaments, right? So I would obviously love to have more listeners listen to us. Um, I would love to have bigger tournaments, and we can play a variety of games, especially now with a rollback resurrection. I want more community-driven events like fan voting and or community votes for specific things like, hey, let's watch a movie in a Discord, or let's, uh, you know, we, we can get creative with it with a bunch of things. So... I just want people in the community to be focused on the good part of fighting games, but just the good part of just being around other people's company as opposed to focusing on some of the bad. You know, I had to make a change where I felt that I was way more of like a, a negative Nancy, as you will say. And slowly but surely, really towards the end of this year, I've kind of let go of everything. So... I've had enough of seeing the, the toxic nature online and, you know, enough of like just trying to like break something else's or somebody else's favorite thing down in order to build your own favorite things up. Like enough with throwing out Steam charts or saying, you know, that your game looks ass by comparison to my game. Like let people have fun with what they have fun with. And block out the noise. I just want to play the games that I like with the people who I enjoy spending my time with online and or even offline once I find a local. And I want that for everybody. I just want everybody to kind of enjoy their time. Block out the noise. Block out FGC Twitter. Block out the people that take away from your enjoyability of some of these aspects of fighting games. Playing them, watching them. Block everything like that. Leave them behind, as they say and just focus on what you enjoy. So that's what I want from a community standpoint. Obviously, I want to, to grow our own little community, but I also want to see the greater fighting game community do, do better, just do better. Finally, on a personal note, I just want to thank everybody that listens to this silly podcast. I mean, I think about it like you are truly the FGC Hollywood. I sometimes look at our numbers 
And it seems crazy to me that we have like hundreds of people listen to this dumb little podcast that I record on a weekly basis. Shout outs to Pringle, shout outs to Broken. They've been a, a huge uh, help creating this podcast really from the inception. And I know they appreciate it. Uh, whoever listens to this show as well, I know they enjoy being a part of it. I enjoy being a part of it. It's been quite the year for me. You know, um, it had some ups and it certainly had its downs. I, I started off the year with a fairly big chip on my shoulder, you know, like I was carrying that boomer flag. I, I was trying to fight a battle that really the, the war was, it was needlessly fought. Like there was no need for it. And slowly, you know, I, I transitioned to becoming less and less of a, of a boomer. And I've begun to understand the other side of, of fighting games and of the community and while, you know, at the end of the day, I am still me, I do think I'm more so open to change now as I was 365 days ago. So, you know, I believe a lot of things attributed to that. I think obviously losing uh, my best friend of nine years, Dirk, um, just over six months ago now, uh, was, you know, a big factor in that. And you know, I think it's made me more compassionate as a, as a person. Obviously, I went through a career change as well in the middle of the year. I, I moved cities, and I'm still kind of trying to find myself. I think I've been humbled by life, and that you know, it uh, that'll hit you. That'll hit you with some with some plus frames, as the kids say. So it's been um, it's it's been a hell of a year, you know. But I I think that uh, surrounding myself with people that I enjoy their company and, and also people that are, are willing to challenge my opinion to, you know, hold me accountable to be like, hey, listen, I don't think you're right. Or people that are also willing to support me when I am. That's huge. That's huge for, I think, anybody um, who is a part of a community, especially like online. So, you know, I think it's been it's been valuable um, to the 10th degree. Like I, it's, it's huge for me. So now, listen, am I perfect? Hell no. Like not even close. But I think. I would rather be end of the year 2021 Mac than I would than I was at end of the year 2020 Mac. Like, yeah, I I much rather be who I am now. And most importantly, I'm going to be happy spending 2022 with uh, FGC Hollywood and people who I enjoy the company of. I hope you do the same. It's been a blast. I it's been a blast for me. I know it's been really fun for Pringle, for Broken. Hopefully it's been a, a, a blast for, for everybody else to listen to this podcast who's been a part of our Discord. And I, uh, it's, it's just been a great, a great journey. So um, I hope you all have a great year, a happy new year. May you achieve whatever you have your goals out there to set out to achieve in 22. Let's kick some ass. Let's kick some fighting game ass and uh, do so in a respectful way. But... That's pretty much it for FTC Hollywood in 2021. I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you so much. My name is Max Spicer. I will be back next week. Thank you all for your support. And as always, keep it classy. I'll see you guys very, very soon. Peace.